I'm not going to lie to you, but we were chatting it up earlier with Dave Prater, uh, vice president with uh, Feld Motorsports before he joined us. And he joins us now here in the Freak Nation. And Prater, finding out that you were uh, hired at Feld almost the same time we started this damn show, uh, you look pretty damn good for a guy that's, what, 75, 76, if you're watching this on uh, YouTube. Yeah, thanks. You know, it's uh, I've always said it's not the years, it's the mileage. So, um, you know, it may be a lot more than 22. So we've got some miles on, miles on us. All right. Well, let's be honest. We, we've got you on here because the announcement came out earlier this week that there is a 10 million, almost a 10,000, $10 million purse that's Someone found this in some in someone's pockets before they were putting the jeans in the washer. $10 million purse uh, collectively between motocross and supercross, and you're establishing uh, another smaller, shorter series between those two entities for this $10 million purse. Can you work us through the elevator pitch on how this came about and, and this $10 million that was found? Yeah, definitely. It's going to be tough to put it in an elevator pitch, but um, I'll do the best I can. So um, it really all began in uh, 2020 with a conversation that myself and Todd Gendro had um, with MX Sports, Kerry Coombs and Davey Coombs. So went to Daytona and really would just just went there with the intent to have a conversation about growing the sport and how we could better work together because over my 22 years, we'd never really done that. Um, it was really siloed as far as supercross and motocross um, goes. So had that conversation, walked out of there with really not much of a plan, just kind of a, hey, we're going to help each other sell tickets. Um, and a week later is when the world shut down and COVID <laughs> shut down Indianapolis supercross. Um, and we really were forced to start working together um, much more closely in an effort just to finish our 2020 seasons. So started that collaboration. Um, MX Sports moved the motocross season back a bit so we could finish our seven races in uh, Salt Lake City. And um, just through constant communication really on, on that and getting that, you know, finished, we started to realize that there were a lot more similarities between the two companies than, uh, we first believed and and we started kind of discussing what it would be like to pool our resources um, and go to market together in certain areas. So the first item that was up was MX Sports um, Media Rights. And they had a year left on their NBC deal. We had two years left. They really had never been that closely aligned as far as um, chronologically. So started dis- discussing taking it to market together as one Supercross and Motocross package. Once we did that, um, started getting a lot of traction, a lot of interest from just across the board on what this would look like as a larger championship, um, not just two individual championship that's kind of how it went and then it grew from there as we as we spoke to more uh, media companies and just more people in the industry in general the one thing we kept hearing is modern sports fans albeit mostly stick and ball but modern sports fans have come to expect a postseason playoff system Mm -hmm. as well as a super bowl or um you know world series a crowning event if you will and you touched on something about i can't remember exactly what you said but they're they're 22 years of speed freaks, they motocross, supercross, like at one time, cart and IndyCar, 
you look at you look at the the cart and IndyCar cars, they look the same. You look at a motocross bike, supercross bike, they look the same. But the way the entities treated the series, we weren't. And the fans got jobbed on that, frankly. And so it had to be, I would think, was it a, a breaking of bread where you got you guys in the room with the motocross guys? Because there was a split there that we're better. No, we're better because we were the original. No, we got more fans here. How did this how did that happen? Because there was a there was a big divide there. Yeah, definitely there was. I mean, we were um we were confrontational, um, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, instead of wow. complimentary. So um it had been that way probably for the first uh, you know, 50 years of this thing. Um so it, it was something that was just kind of um there and had been that way for like we said, you know since 1972. Um, but I don't know about the breaking of bread. I think it was a long um, process from that meeting in Daytona in 2020 through COVID. Um, but we all, both MX Sports and Feld Motorsports started realizing that, look, we're definitely stronger together than we are as two separate um, entities. So we want to still maintain the integrity of the Supercross Championship and the integrity of the motocross championship, but we really are two variations of the same sport. So to your point, let's, let's take this and and do what's right by the fans and make it that much more exciting. So the motocross supercross fan base wants to say, Oh, this is a knee jerk reaction to the world motocross championship that was announced. Oh, of course this had to happen. Please shut them up, I guess, first of all. And then second of all, let's just talk about how powerful this will be and how you guys have arguably a better game plan. Facts. No, yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, in no way a reaction. Um, it, was, it was born in 2020, and it's just been really, like we've talked about on this, on this call so far, it's just been um, an evolution of, of us meeting and understanding it and doing some research. We sent out some fan surveys um, in 21, early 21, asking because we got we were getting excited about it in early 21. But we wanted to make sure that, hey, we're just not we're not too close to it. Let's ask the fans what they think. And uh, the fans came back overwhelmingly that, look, we'd love to see a unified championship. We do believe that this is really two variations of the same sport. So, I mean, it was a no brainer after we get after we got those surveys back. And then when you make these tracks, it's going to be a kind of a three race series after the motocross series ends. It's just going to be a phenomenal way to cap a true champion in both 250s and 450s. But when you make these tracks, whether it's the Coliseum in L.A. or other locations, how will these tracks differentiate from a supercross track normally because they are in stadiums? Yeah, it'll be tough. So it's um, for lack of a better term, we've, we've used the term hybrid, but really they're going to be distinct. We want to. We want them to be both supercross and motocross and have aspects of both. You can't really fit a motocross track inside a modern stadium. It's just too small. So we're going to have to go to unique venues. LA Coliseum is probably one of the modern stadiums. I say modern, but one of the stadiums that still exists that they will, it will fit in because it's got a larger floor. We can go up into the peristyle that's traditionally been done, but, um, so that's cool and we're excited about that, but we're really looking at, you know, super speedways or just unique 
sporting venues or just venues in general that you wouldn't think supercross or motocross are going to go to but we're definitely looking at those and uh creating unique tracks we're working with the oems working with the riders to make sure that those tracks um you know are acceptable and do represent both sports in an equal way okay hold on just a second so the little supercross teaser at indianapolis motor speedway that was happening with some four-wheel mobiles as well was that a foreshadowing you never know, Crash. There's a lot of foreshadowing going on. Um, I think all the possibilities, we, we don't want to limit any possibilities. So we're we're open to any and all ideas right now. Wow. Uh, Dave Prater is the vice president of Feld Motorsports, specializing in Supercross, putting together this massive uh, series. Only three events they're starting with melding together uh, Lucas Oil Motocross Series and the Monster Energy Supercross Series. I introduced you, Dave. There it is. <laughs> Thanks, that, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> now, let's, uh, I'm going to ask you a delicate question here. All right. It comes, from, it comes from a serious place. I've been involved in motorsports a long time, and the Sports Car Club of America used to be the place where they would go to uh, – sanctioned mall racing they had a pro division and that pro division just didn't meet the needs of pro racers it was specializing in amateur racing sports car club of america scca mm -hmm. now you're going to put the sanctioning body behind this it sounds like it's going to be with uh, ama and ama pro racing even though the organization uh, specializes in amateur motorcycle riders. Is that going to be a problem? The SCCA couldn't do it. I don't know if the AMA can do it because you're bringing together a $10 million series that's going to have a lot of tentacles that are going throughout the uh, uh, motocross uh, motorcycle industry. Yeah, no, it's definitely a challenge. Um, and you bring up a good point, but AMA sanctions Supercross, AMA Pro, sanctions motocross so the other thing that's been you know benefit to to this collaboration is the fact that both those organizations um, while they sound the same they are two individual organizations have also been involved so they're working together we want to make this as good as it can be for everyone involved so ama ama pro are both working together in order to come up with a plan where these two playoff races and the world championship round can be sanctioned and operated and officiated um, as efficiently as and fairly as possible. So um, AMA, AMA Pro and all the OEMs along with MX Sports and Feld Motorsports, um, we've created a steering committee for that along with multiple other, you know, issues that are going to come up during this process. So had our first meeting two weeks ago and uh we plan on having another one here shortly that sounds like a lot of people in the same room uh <laughs> it, it, it is <laughs> are you expecting uh increased fields i i don't know when i was reading about this it hit me that how many riders do both and uh are you is this going to be increased fields where uh you're going to have a crowded track no i don't think so i mean the the entries are extremely strong but most um 
I'd say I don't have the exact number, but I'd say 90 to 95% of our riders do race both. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we'll be fine. I mean, we typically for a Supercross event get between 90 to 100 entries. Um, it's uh, qualified down to 80 for the night show and then motocross typically gets a few more entries. Um, but same thing, they have 40 rider, 40 rider gate, supercross has a 22 rider gate, but for the most part, it's the same riders. And then the top 22 in combined points, um, at the end of the motocross season will go and be seated into the, uh, the super motocross playoffs. Wow. So it sounds like maybe Dave Prater, vice president of failed motorsports. It sounds like with this much money at stake, you're going to have some people from overseas more than normally come to supercross or motocross uh, because it, the money brings people and the TV will bring people. Uh, it, do you expect a lot of uh, international field, more international field? Yeah, well, I mean, we already have a strong international presence and we have for, for many, many years. Supercross and AMA Pro Motocross have always, um, you know, attracted international talent and we continue to do so. But you're right. I think anytime you raise the, the level and raise the, um, the stakes in anything, you're going to get more attention. So I definitely think we're going to attract even more international riders. Um, by going uh, and partnering together. Dave, let me ask you one more. I'm sure in these meetings that you're having with all of your partners, you're going to have some broadcasters in there. I would assume that this $10 million is coming up from a lot of their pockets. So they're going to be able to rattle the cage a little bit and say, Hey, what, uh, let's make it look like this. Yeah. I think anytime, especially in modern sports, I mean, media rights are, are driving a lot of it. So, um, yeah, whichever media partner we land with um, will definitely take their feedback. And that's really no different than what's been going on the last several years. Um, so, yeah, I think anytime, anytime uh, you get to this type of level in anything, you're going to have uh, folks that are spending real money that, that want to say in, in what's going on. You're going to be taking the top 22 riders in both series, Dave Prater, Vice no, President. No, no, the combined, Com combined. points. Well, no, yes. Hold on a second. Top 22 riders in motocross, top 22 riders in supercross. Hold on, Crasher. Hold on. Let me finish this. Let me finish this. And whatever it is, you're going to nail it down to the, the, the top 22 riders, okay? Okay, Crasher, whatever. The top 22 riders. My point is, how do you get to those top 22 riders to join? Is it basically – What's going to be the backus that you use to get these 22 riders? Well, I think Crash with what she was trying to say. So we're going to take the points, the combined points. So say you score 300 points in Supercross and 300 points in Motocross. That'll give you 600 combined points. Okay. Say that's number one. He's, he's the regular season champ, if you will. Second place is 590 points. So those 22 will go in to the playoffs seated and we'll reset the points. Um, and we're still working through exactly how we're going to do that with the OEs, but we'll reset the points so that that regular season points leader has an advantage going into the playoffs um, uh -huh. over second place. And then um, we're hey, what's that advantage. Do they get to pick their choice at the gate? No, a point advantage. 
So whether that's uh, whether that's one race worth of Supercross points, so a typical um, Supercross race, the winner is 23 points or 26 points. Second place is 23, third, 21, and so on. So whether we've reset it to one race worth of points, um, which is seems logical and seems like the direction we're going to go, um, mm-hmm. but it's still still up for discussion with the OEs. But that's that's really what it is. So you, your regular season results are going to give you an advantage going into the playoffs. And then at the playoffs, we're going to actually up the points a bit for each playoff round. So it just raises the stakes and the drama also gives those guys who maybe didn't perform as well in the regular season hmm. a chance to win the championship at the end. So, so wait a minute, let, let me leap in here. I'm sorry to cut everybody off, but uh, does that mean that like in uh, NASCAR, their playoff, everybody races 46 cars and only four people have a chance to win. When you have these playoff rounds in um Supercross and motocross and the super motocross. Uh, is it just going to be the 22 riders that are going to be competing or will you have other riders that are going to be on the track at the same time? Yeah, well, I'm hesitant to talk. So here's, I'm talking to you guys about the kind of the steering committee. So the steering committee is going to be like, Dave, you just did one of our meetings with speed freaks. Thanks, but no, but uh, so I'll give you, I'll give you basically how it's laying out right now. So yes, 22 riders qualify, qualify for the playoffs. So those 22 would race. Um, there's a question and I believe we're going to go this way, but for anyone who's made a supercross or motocross podium or won a race for sure, they should be automatically into the playoffs. Now they're going to be seated extremely low if they're not within that top 22, but it, it could be, you know, someone's injured. Uh, case in point, Cameron McAdoo this year. He's been injured, so he wouldn't necessarily make the top 22 if we were going into the playoffs right now. But he's one of the best riders in the world. So you want him in. You just want him in at a disadvantage. So, again, getting ahead of myself with the details, but we want the best riders in the world competing for the world championship. And that's that's the goal and that's the plan. No, that's essentially like a provisional and if and it it rewards wins, which is good because that means wins matter in mm. supercross and motocross beyond just the points for the end of the season. So yeah, that's that's actually cool. And then when it comes to your three race playoff system, then qualifying matters because if you are in there with more than 22 riders that are going to be on the starting gate, you got to qualify to be in. So that adds another element of excitement. I I I'm liking where this is going. Nice. Statman, you know what this brings to mind is when we were standing field level in Las Vegas many, many years ago, and that yes. back, that back, they, they would leave the stadium and come down that back stretch, and they're going 65 miles an hour. Imagine something. Is that the Monster be- Energy Cup? Yeah. I don't know what yeah. the hell, whatever it was. Or it was the finale. Just, yeah. What, regardless. So yeah. now it makes sense why Ryan Dungey came out of retirement yeah. this year. He's just getting ready because he knew it was coming in 2023. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I will keep my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. 